You're listening to Firm Up, the fermented food podcast where we get together every week to discuss anything and everything fermented. This week we're talking about hongo, the fermented skate from Korea that has been described as a licking a urinal. All this and more in episode 71. So did you see this article on a fermented skate, the Korea's fish special in the New York Times this last week? Yeah, I did. You know, I happened to stumble upon it after we spoke last week. Yeah, it's uh, the the subline of this article was a delicate mix of outhouse and ammonia. And that's like some of the other kind of fish that we've talked about before, uh, fermented fishes or some of those weird ferments. I'll link to a in the show notes of the episode we did on what is it about people being drawn to these weird, funky smelling things. And Korea definitely has one of those delicacies. Hongo is a uh, hongeo. But hongo is how I've heard it said on YouTube, is this kind of fish. It's that thing where people talk about it, describing it like licking a urinal. Um, doesn't exactly sound appealing to me, but again, I can almost sort of kind of maybe get where people are drawn to it. Does that make any sense or do I just sound weird? No, no, no. I, I mean, I don't think I would ever have any sort of guts to try this just because of the descriptions that they gave. And I mean, it says in the title, Outhouse Pneumonia. I don't think that that sounds like anything that I want to be involved in personally, but... Plenty of people are. But plenty of people are. And, it, and you know, in this New York Times article, they um, mentioned how it was more of an outcast kind of lower class delic- or food um, that people in South Korea would enjoy from a certain peninsula and the southern on a southern the southernmost peninsula um and now it's kind of becoming pretty mainstream and popular is that is that correct i don't know if popular is quite the right word like I, that's the thing I've, i tried to dig a little deeper get some uh some more information on this and it's it's well it's definitely expensive but it's arguably always been expensive so something expensive like this eventually becoming at least uh, a, a niche popular kind of thing makes sense, but it's expensive because it's just, it's not that it's a slow aging. Well, it's a, it's a, it's in the stingray family. So it's in, it's similar to sharks, like they're like in the same kind of family, a very slow maturation process, meaning that the more that are fished, then the fewer there are uh, repopulating. So it's expensive for some of those reasons. But the first thing that I really had to get into is like, what is it about ammonia and outhouse smell that gets people drawn to things? And for for skate, this fermented fish, this hongo, the thing to understand and why it has an ammonia smell is because they don't pee like other animals. So like sharks, they have no kidneys, they have no bladders. And instead, their uric acid just kind of seeps out of their skin. So that's kind of through leaving that out to ferment, that's where we get that ammonia smell. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I didn't know much about the skates and the where that falls in the family tree of fish, but I thought that was really interesting. And I never, I never thought of them also not having uh, bladders, and then also releasing, um, you know, uric acid or tox, not toxic, but um, bad byproducts in that way. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. And another connection with the shark is in regard to Hakarl, the, the fermented shark, which also has very similar descriptions. And that is from the Icelandic thing that we've talked about before. The, the thing with this that seems to be across the board, people that like it and people that don't both, they, most people are all describing it in these kind of gross 
terms like outhouse, urinal, different stuff like that. I mean, it's recommended to not breathe when ingesting. Obviously, someone will have to breathe. But if a person doesn't breathe at first, supposedly it's kind of salty and uh, slightly rubbery. And that rubberiness, a lot of that comes from the, the, the cartilage since sharks and skates do not have bones they have the cartilage so there's a lot of cartilage still in there so there that's doesn't exactly seem that appetizing to me but when someone does breathe that's when it like as one person stated it's like licking a urinal um and that comes from zen kimchi i mean it's a it's a food blogger that lives in korea and has been blogging for i think the last 10 years and so does some of these different pieces occasionally and it's it's really interesting to get like uh it's I don't know if it's really something that people are getting outside of Korea anyway. So it's nice to get some, some first person accounts from someone that's not necessarily from the culture. And according to this guy too, he's calling it kind of like, like a grizzled middle aged man food. It's, it's a food to prove how tough you are. And that may be the case in a lot of regions. And just like some of the things in different cultures that, that sometimes is the case, but I found again, probably not the best evidence, but plenty of YouTube videos of, of, uh, all different ages and people, uh, male and female eating this stuff and some seeming more, more grossed out than others. But would you try it? No, I don't, I don't think I would. I would, I don't even want to pretend that I would even think that that would taste good. I mean, just from the descriptions and, um, just the, I would be more willing to try the fermented shark. I don't know why, maybe because the descriptions aren't as intense sounding as the fermented skate um you know it just kind of you know, the those descriptions they just say it smells a little bit like ammonia and that's about it but this when someone says it's it tastes like licking a urinal i just get such a mental picture that i i'm already turned off by it but what? would you do it i would totally try it yes oh i don't I'm... even oh i'd have to leave the room <laughs> but this is something that i wouldn't i'm not trying it for any kind of machismo reasons, it's more because I'm curious. I really want to wrap my mind around this. And it has been said that it's important to try it three or four times before learning to appreciate it. So it is definitely an acquired taste, but then people start to have a real hankering for it. Like they really do develop a liking for it. Um, the one thing that I think really kind of turns me off is the look of the skate. Did you see any of the images I sent you? Um, yeah, I looked at a few of them and, you know, it just looks like normal sashimi sushi. Like it looks in the, in the, pre- like the, it looks good. Um, no, I'm not talking about the way that the cut of meat looks. I'm saying the actual skate. Oh yes. I saw those and those are pretty, I mean, I mean, they're pretty creepy from the top. They look kind of squiddish stingray like, but from the bottom, they have this, like these eye socket looking things and then a mouth. And it's very disturbing because they it looks look like a cartoon character. Very much so does. It's it's kind of cute and creepy. And uh, there is, from what I was able to find, just searching uh, Hongo in, say, uh, Korean characters, I was searching for it that way and finding all kinds of images from uh, cartoon characters. Like there's this one girl with, with hair that's shaped like a stingray um, that has a stingray on her shirt and is serving or has Hongo in her in her hands. And then there are images. I don't know if like politicians or just like, it's just comedy or what it is of like someone's face kind of photoshopped into, um, a stingray or the, the skates face. 
or it's not really a face, but the, that face looking thing. And so it's, it's very much so a, probably a cultural icon of sorts. And it seems that it, it's played with often in, um, I don't, I don't know it, it, but, but either way, it's disturbing to me a little bit. That's, that's what disturbs me the most, which seems kind of weird because I don't generally lean towards eating the, the more, uh, I guess the, not that I consider sharks necessarily being, uh, cuter, but in this regard, they really are, but I'd rather eat shark than this from seeing the animal. But again, it's supposed to be good. And would you try it? Think about this old kimchi and, uh, boiled pork belly. Would that make any difference? Would that sell you on eating this? Because that's the way you're supposed to eat it. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, if it, if it not, well, I wouldn't do old kimchi. I would do like freshly made kimchi that maybe is only fermented for, uh, you know, a few days to a week, maybe a month. Um, just to still kind of have like that crispy texture of all of the vegetables. Um, and then maybe that would kind of dilute the taste and smell of what I think this, this, um, Hongo would taste like and smell like. So I think, I don't know. I, I, I'm just not, I'm just not sold on even trying this. I think you're missing the point of the old kimchi though. I really think like when old kimchi's sat for a lot longer, like in the back of the refrigerator, it's good for soups and stews and different things like that. But I think it would also be good at cutting through some of that ammonia so you can get to the amazing flavor that's probably behind all that urinal taste and smell. Yeah. Well, I mean, from some of the the articles that I read about Hongo and, um, you know, taste and texture, um, that sort of thing, it's mostly that it just smells bad, but it doesn't taste like anything. A lot of people said it's just what you had said earlier. It's just chewy um, because it's a lot of cartilage and everything like that, but it doesn't have any kind of taste to it. So maybe that would be okay. I just don't know if I could get past the smell. Yeah. And I have some, I'll put some links in the show notes too. Uh, Only one of them is in English um, and it's a person in Korea. She does some food vlogging and it shows a few people trying skate for the first time. And uh, she's also the one that was brought to my attention about the, the mermaid purses. Are you familiar with those? The, they're the, they're pretty much, I guess they're just on the beach. Sometimes they can be found mermaid purses. They look really kind of f- like funky. I guess it, I don't know. I like maybe punk rock mermaid purses or something like that. I don't know, but they like really kind of weird, but really they're just placentas. They're the egg sacs of these skates, but they're sometimes wash up on, on, on land, but they're, they really look kind of funky. So search mermaid purses as well and uh, find some interesting stuff there. But then you can see a baby experiencing Hongo for the first time, which looks fine until a minute or so in and like sticking finger in the nose and different stuff like that. Sorry, spoiler alert. (laughs) And then there are like, there's a young man trying it. And then there's also this, I know I've linked to game show like, recordings from Korea and other places that I don't know exactly what they're doing. But this is another one that I had to link to because it's, they're trying different parts of the skate. And this is what brought to my attention that there are different cuts, one from the like top and one from more by the genitalia. And I don't know which one's worse or better. It see appeared that at the top was a less gross, but again, I don't even know if, by chance, sometimes this is eaten fresh. So I don't, I don't, I just know it was parts of the skate being consumed and I'm assuming fermented at least the genitalia part. 
Interesting yeah, stuff. I don't, I don't know if it would really, I mean, if they don't have bladders or anything like that and the, they secrete the uric acid through their skin, I don't know if it would really make a difference. I was just thinking of how, you know, like the, if they secrete the way that we sweat, I guess there are certain places where people sweat more than other places. So I don't. I, sorry, I was just thinking out loud because I don't. At first, I thought this wouldn't really make much of a difference, the type of cut, but maybe it does. Sounds like you're trying to convince yourself of, of trying it. Yeah, maybe. Depending maybe on the, where, it's, maybe it's, where it's cut. Above <laughs> yeah, or below the belt, it. depends. <laughs> but um, I mean, you also found some really interesting um, history about this smelly delicacy. Yeah, it go, I mean, it's, it goes back as far as like 600 years, and it's one of those accidents. I'm. I'm really hope that this is all true because it seems really fascinating and it doesn't really seem outlandish as to be a legend of sorts. But this is something where it was at a time on a kind of rural remote area of Korea where the people were, um, they were around a lot of pirates of sorts. And so the government said in a way to try and protect the people, and I'm sure there were more social political things behind this than what I was able to dig up. But these people were forced to leave their homeland and move to another part of Korea um, that was by boat about five days away. And so the, the fishermen brought all of their fish that they could catch along with them to where they were being transferred to. And all of their fish rotted except for the, the, skate the skate actually fermented and so that really kind of is beautiful and makes sense it's the one thing that survived a five-day journey and it's because of that ammonia it kind of created an environment that was better for uh, and outcompeted uh contaminating and rotting bacteria and instead were the, the the good guys that came in and fermented just like we see in fermented vegetables and other aspects of fermentation so that's supposedly where this comes from and then from there, it just became something that was uh, in this region, this region's Huxando. And that's it's a specific port that's actually turned into a bit of a tourist area. And some of the most expensive fermented skate can be found there, which makes sense. Um, but there's so much that's fished now, and it is rather scarce. It's actually on the endangered species list that a lot of it's coming from Chile now and so it makes it a little less expensive but it's still expensive stuff so if a person wants this stinky stuff they're having to pay something for it and that's also what gets interesting is that it was most likely always expensive and that brings up some of the theories as like this the three parts that i was talking about those the pork belly the old kimchi and the hongo the three of those form a a trinity of sorts and there's theories as to why the pork is served with it and one of those is because skate was possibly always expensive or always a delicacy of sorts or a special occasion kind of thing. So pork and kimchi made it a larger and more satisfying meal. That's kind of the more boring theory. The one that's a little bit more interesting to me was in regard to pork rotting quickly or rather easily at room temperature, ambient temperatures 600 years ago or whenever it was that this part of the delicacy kind of formed pork rots easily and so supposedly they could still consume old rotting pork by combining the ammonia and uh and whatever maybe possible probiotic 
bacteria that were a part of the hongo, uh, and people would be able to eat uh, otherwise past its prime pork and not get sick. That one seems interesting. I don't know if anyone's tested it out more recently, but it's an interesting theory at least. Yeah, it's a good theory. I think that I would still be a little hesitant to um, have rotten pork and then eat it with something that smells as bad as they say it does. So I just, I'm just like totally not, I'm not sold on having any hongo or any, any of this type of food, especially right now, but in later in life, I just don't think that if I were to ever go to Korea um, and someone gave this to me, I just don't know how I would feel about it because I just, I also read too that, um, uh, you know, a lot of places that serve hongo, they ask you to, it's so smelly that they ask you to um, remove your coat and put it into a plastic bag or um, go into this separate room. And they only have like this room where they serve the hongo because it is so, the smell is so strong. Yes. I mean, it's very interesting to read personal accounts of it. And I recommend everyone search for personal accounts of this because it's just fascinating because yeah, people, one person even talked about having a, like a, uh, I don't know if it was real or fake fur coat on and that really absorbed the smells after leaving because it was not an establishment that recommended putting things in plastic bags. And it seems that it's served at a lot of different places. It's important to find a good place for a good tasting uh, hongo, which does seem, you know, I mean, if you're going to try it, if you're going to go out and really um, have a go at this, try it three or four times and then also make sure it's a good joint serving it. And if by chance you're not going to be in Korea anytime soon and you want to somehow make this yourself, I don't necessarily recommend it because I don't really have any detailed information on it. But the fermentation process is pretty darn simple. Like they those 600 years ago when the fishermen just were taking it along with them at ambient temperatures, I just fermented on its own. That ammonia helps create the environment necessary. But earthen clay pots were the the common way of doing it and just left it room temperature for a few days. Or if you want to be like the traditional historical uh, five day journey, go ahead and ferment it for that. The uric acid will then like ooze out and cover the skin and surface of the skate. It produces ammonia and then it prevents the fish from rotting. And instead you have fermented skate. And everyone mm. can enjoy the deliciousness, but you're probably going to have to import it from Chile if you can even find anywhere that sells that. Um, the one way you might be able to find it, I don't know, like talk to uh, not the fermented aspect of it, but maybe you could get skate at like a, some kind of Asian uh, grocery store of some sort. I don't know where anyone would get this stuff because it doesn't seem like something that would be popular in the United States, the skate fermented or not. Yeah, I don't think I've never heard of of, or found anything like this. At, um, I mean, we have a lot of Asian grocery stores in San Diego, but I, I, again, it's also something I'm not going out and searching for. But um, do you know if they, if skate is found anywhere else besides in the coast of South Korea and then in Chile? Is it something that? I mean, I you you know you you said it's on the endangered species list, but is it something that we could even just go out? Um, and fish ourselves or find, you know, as popular as even stingrays are in the United States? Or is it just isolated in those two areas? Well, all stingrays are not, I don't know, at, like, uh, could you do anything besides a skate would probably be the, 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 the first place that I would check uh, and see, can you ferment any others? Probably not a poisonous uh, ray of sorts, but no, I do not know exactly all the regions where it comes from. I just know where it's popular uh, to to fish for. 
there's probably a lot of stuff that makes this what it is. And the only reason why I'm really fascinated by it is because of the historical perspective and, and what has brought any of these kind of foods into to reality. So I don't have any answers for you, but in closing, thinking of like Asian grocery stores and trying to find this stuff, um, I did come across a, a video that references fermentation quite a few times. And it's a pretty hilarious music video. Asians eat weird things. Uh, and it's by this, I guess they kind of do some comedy and YouTube videos and whatnot. The Fung Bros comedy. It's pretty funny. And they, they, they mention a few different ferments in it. And at one point someone's chugging a bottle of uh, fish sauce. So uh, if you're, if you're not willing to try skate, at least have a, a little connection with some of the Asian cuisine out there. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I feel like Asian people definitely explore more in the strange foods or, um, you know, maybe it's just us thinking that that's just a really strange thing. Like there's things that we people in the United States eat that other people in different countries think are disgusting, like um, ketchup and peanut butter. Um, so blue maybe, cheese. Yeah. So maybe maybe Asians, they do eat some very strange things, but only based off of perspective from like what we come from and what we consider strange. So, yeah. Um, and this, but, this video is definitely very lighthearted and, and funny because I think that's the thing is there we've all been raised with these cultural perspectives and especially people that have that have come to different immigrated to different countries and they they hold some of those cultural traditions and are able to keep those things alive which i think are great it's can seem to clash with other ways of eating but everything out there is delicious and some of these things just take a little bit longer to acquire a taste for because we didn't grow up eating them but it's worth it and so everyone everyone get out there and try some skate at least once okay maybe i'll try it if it ever comes across my table i'll give it a try all right and the other thing everyone should get out there and do is go to fermentationhandbook.com. And that's where the new landing page of my upcoming book is at the cookbook, the everyday fermentation handbook. Everyone should go check it out. And if you are so willing or interested, go ahead and pre-order it as well. It's going to be out in August and I am super excited about it. So go check that out. You can find all of the, I've, there's plenty of show notes. You can watch plenty of people uh, consuming skate, read about people eating it. Look at some of these weird photos. You can find it all in the show notes at firmup.com slash podcast slash 71. And you can find us on Twitter at firmup, on Facebook at firmup, on Pinterest at firmup, and anywhere else at firmup. And until next time, firm up.